Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow. Okay, Ann. What are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about the, you have a saying that is, we only hold people accountable for what we think they're capable or something like that. I always mess it up. Yeah, you're close. Yeah, I'm close enough. I think I got the gist of it. But let's talk about that a little bit in terms of persuasion. Yeah, um, we only hold people accountable that we think are capable. Not okay. You know, there it is. That, that's that's the short. It's the same same concept, right? The, the idea being that if we fail to hold somebody accountable, we only do that because we didn't expect them to come through in the first place. And really, what I want to talk about here, though, would be more important is low expectations, mm. right? Because sometimes we hold people accountable to low expectations when they're really capable of so much more. Right. And it's really about our vision as leaders of of what our people are capable of, which ultimately, I think, actually comes down to our vision of leaders of what we think we're capable of. Well, exactly. Or some of the limitations we might put on others because we don't want to fail, which is in our own eyes rather than in actual reality. You know, that's our own scarcity and uh, challenges that we have with failing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that. I'm going to actually take this a slightly different direction. We'll probably bring it back like we always do. But what what popped into my mind when you said that is smart goals. So you hear all the time. I think you even talk about this. You need mm-hmm. to set smart goals. That's you know that that I don't know who I don't know if, you, if even you know like who gets credit for coming up with that one, right? But specific, measurable, uh, achievable, realistic. And time specific. I always get achievable and real and realistically. I think it's achievable and relevant. Is relevant, I, relevant. That's yeah. what it is. I, yeah, I, yeah, I knew because I'm like I just said the same thing twice and two different yeah. words. Right, and I've never found that to work for me. I find smart goals stupid. <laughs> right, I set the goal because one of two things happens, and and I think this is this is why I bring this up. You either set a really big, big goal and then i never feel good even if i even if i achieve better than i had hoped but not the goal i always feel like it's i'm settling you know um i had i i had a goal of of being an astronaut Uh, folks just so you don't wonder i never was an astronaut um though his head's in the clouds a lot of the time but i did end up flying fighters for the navy okay now I tell that to people, not like that, but, you know, people find out that, that that's what I did. And for the longest time, I was like, that was a settling, right? It didn't feel like an achievement because I had this big lofty goal, mm-hmm. right? And it was only through, you know, later in life where I was enabled to allow myself to see through other people's eyes. And I'm like, yeah, that wasn't a really a failure. Um, and the so the other way you go, or for me at least, is I send, you know, the achievable piece and I really underperform. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to sell one. I've got a year. I just want to sell one. Right? <laughs> yeah. 
And then it's really unsatisfying because it's not a big ass goal. What I have found for me, right? And so to the same to the same point is leaders set expectations because they don't want to fail. They set low expectations and then failure is not, a, it's not an option because, oh my God, they breathe. My goal is for them to come in and fog the mirror with their breath. Well, you know, that's not a hard one to achieve. For me, it's more about setting, um, having a, a vision and an intention and then forgetting about it. Not forgetting about the intention, but not stressing. We talked about last week about outcomes, about letting go of the outcome and releasing that outcome. And just, it's my intention. And, and, and I'm not going to worry about how I'm going to get there. I just have this intention and I keep the intention forefront, but not without all the real specifics. And then it seems to happen. Um, bringing this back to expectations for our team, I think it's important to have intentions of what we want our teams to look like and how high we want them to perform. And then not worry about setting real specific goals. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I happen to be one that's very driven by very specific, by smart goals. And I go for the smarter goals, so they're not as stupid, um, where we have an evaluated and a revised in there as well, so that you have touch points along the way to say, all right, wait a minute, this is too lofty. I'm not going to hit it. I want to adjust it. Or this is way too easy. We could do way more than this, you know, because we've learned this. That said, with stuff like becoming an astronaut, which is partly in your control and partly not, this wouldn't work quite as well. You can take some steps to get there. Now, in the case of writing my book, if I hadn't said, I am going to have my fully completed manuscript to my editor by November 31st, which is not a date, October 31st, um, <laughs> talk about unachievable. Yeah, right. In a wormhole. But anyway, um, if I hadn't had that day and had that thing and backed it out and made all the, you know, a chapter a week or whatever it was, I would never have finished it. So I think, I think there's probably two different goals here, but when we talk about expectations of our team, I think one of the keys is not limiting where we could go for any of our own personal inadequacy reasons, right? Not wanting to fail, not thinking they can do it, not trusting them, you know, not believing we can get the support or whatever. I think we really need to examine the reasons we may be underestimating what our teams can do. Yeah, and I think there is a happy medium between these two as I think about this because, and, and some of this is, I think, personality specific because the way I finished my book was different. I didn't have a date to publisher, but I had a coach and I had um, a word count per, I don't remember, it was per week or whatever it was at the time, just a word count, okay? I didn't know how long it was going to take me, but I had a word count. Mm. And that drove me over the finish line. So mm -hmm. that was, so my intention, once again, my intention was set, finish the book. Did have a number, it was a word count, okay? Instead of a deadline, it was just a word count. And that to me, so now it's activity driven. And that was very helpful for me. Again, with our teams, though, I think it, it's a combination. One, and, and this came about because, you know, my wife recently got injured. I think I might have shared this in the past episode. And when she went to, it was a handbrake. When we went to the occupational therapist, the occupational therapist had these really, um, what's the opposite of lofty? Um, low. Low. I mean, it, I mean, these amazingly like. Meager. Yeah, goals, 
like, you know, can you can you tie your shoes? Can you cut your food? My wife's an extremely active woman. And she's like, yeah, who cares? I want to be able to make a fist. I want to be able to go hiking. I want to be able to play hockey. I want to be able to, you know, play the violin again. Well, not again, because she doesn't play it in the first place. But, you know, but <laughs> she, she she had all these things. She She wanted her life back. That was her goal. And the occupational therapist, if it was left, if my wife wasn't as driven as she is, she'd have she'd have come out of there going like, oh, I'll never do that stuff again. And then just, you know, become mm, 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 right. Mm -hmm. Instead, she went F that, you know, yeah. I mean, she was told she wasn't going to be able to pick up her finger. You know, ex I think that's extension. Yeah, I think that's extension uh, whatever. You know, she wasn't going to be able to extend her finger because of the break. And today she sent me a movie. Uh, you know, look at me as it was I'm flipping you off, right? <laughs> almost right. Well, she could flip me off because like with the swelling, she could make a fist with her other fingers, but the, but her middle finger, which is broken was always, you know, so, so she could flip me off fine, but she could extend the finger off, off the ground. Now it's not full range of motion yet, but it's huge improvement over where it was, mm. right? Because for her, her goal was I'm going back to normal. That's it, you know, um, and and so I think with our teams, what's really important is instead of saying, "Here's my expectation of you," is start with, "What are your expectations?" Yeah, well, and at least have the conversation of, "Here's what, here's what would be great if we could achieve." Yeah, I personally, I, I agree. I I I personally want to start with their expectations because I want to see are they greater than mine or, or less than mine. I really want to know. I don't want to influence that. Mm. Um, the last thing in the world I want to be able to do is let's just say I'm just going to use numbers because, you know, um, if I'm expecting a 10, but they're expecting a 20, I don't want to say, hey, I'm expecting a 10. What can you achieve? And they go, oh, I could do a 12. Right now they're at 75 percent of, of their capability. I'm not help. My job as a leader is to get them to push themselves. I, I just I'm just, I just failed. Right. Right. And and there's and there's a balance here. And I would argue that, you know, the, the difference between the motivational level of a stretch goal for one person and for another person can be very different. Some people take a stretch goal and are like, oh, baby, here we go. And they blow it out of the water. And another person looks at the exact same, you know, stretch goal with the exact same skills and all that stuff and says, there is no way we're ever going to hit that. I'm going to do the best I can. And they don't go all in. So, I mean, this is, there's also, I think, a personality challenge in here. And this is something that as leaders, we have to get really good at. And you and I talked about this before. Had Kathy, had your wife not been such a motivated, driven person, and the doctor said, you'll never get that extension on your finger back, sake, sayonara to the violin, if you ever planned on picking one up, she might have said, oh, well, okay, cool. I can't reach that goal. I'll go ahead and watch Wheel of Fortune all day. You're and the expert, you know, best, I guess I'm not going to do it. Exactly. And so we, you know, you kind of need to look at both of those sides of it when we're talking about expectations and motivation and, you know, drive that we can instill in people um, and people are going to need to be treated differently. Uh, absolutely. But again, that's why I like to start with them. I sure. want, because it gives me the benchmark. Where are they? Because there are sometimes where, you know, you say, okay, you know, we, 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 my first year in telecom sales, I go a half million dollars. Okay. And so in year two, you know, what's your goal? Well, if I had said a million dollars, I think I did 550 that first year, right? 
So 10% over, over goal. Hey, that's good. But if look at what you go this year. Oh, I could do $2 million. Oh, slow your roll. Right. Yeah. Right. That'd be great. If you could do $2 million, let's just go for 750 this year. Right. Or right. 600 or right. Something that's, that's a push from last year, but it's a reasonable stretch. Right. Or say, Hey, you know what? Great. Let's make 2 million. Your stretch goal. Let's make 75. You're 750. You're like, you got to hit that one, right. you know, and then see where they come in with keeping that stretch goal there. If that's something that that person's going to be like, Oh, I'll show you, Dave, I'll show you what I can do. Right. And by yeah. the way, thank you for flipping me off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't no, me. I was the character I was channeling. Ah, uh, Okay. I still appreciate being flipped off by whoever it was that did it. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. That's another great way. Let, let them do that. Again, this depends. Where are you in this relationship? How well do you know this person? You know, you know, you know, cause it could go two ways. Like you say, no, let's just make it seven fifty, right. That's, that's going to be a 50% growth over, over last year's. And, and that's pretty significant. And they hit 2 million. You're like, yeah. All right. Well, you're three. What are you going to make? I'm going to do eight million. Okay. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yeah. Right. Well, and then and then there's the other side of that where somebody where you say, hey, what do you think you can do? And they're like, well, I did 500 last year. I think I can probably do 507 this year. And then you can say, all right, cool. You know what? Let's talk about what do you think you could do to get to 700, you know, and then and then have that conversation with them to make them realize again, through that questioning and coaching rather than directing what they could do to get a little bit more. And maybe they'll come around to the fact that, okay, you know what? I think I can do them more than 507. I, how about 650, you know? And then great, here we are. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes it's just as simple as breaking things down for them in a way that they're not used to seeing, right? Exactly. Right. So, so you did 500. Um, and so your average deal was uh, I'm just going to make this, your average deal was $5,000, right? So you did a hundred deals this year. Um, what would it take to increase your average deal to 7,500, you know? And, and again, when I was in telecom, this was, you know, oh my God, 30 years ago, uh, when, when it started, yeah. you know, it was, you know, adding a voicemail system that back then we weren't selling voicemail. Well, if I sold a voicemail, if I could learn to sell voicemail better and I sold that on every deal, that's going to increase my, Okay. And what's it going to take to go from 100 deals to 120 deals, right? And, right. and you walk them through this mm-hmm. and you show them the steps along the way. And all of a sudden, it's like 120 deals at $7,500 a deal. And I can't do that math in my head anymore, right? But where does that get us, right? It's, right. You know. It's way more than 507. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's our job as leaders, right, is to help people grow. And challenge them to a point that's going to be motivating to them and that they feel supported and that they feel, but they feel challenged. They feel a little like, uh, yeah, I think I can do that. Let me go see. But I have a feeling that there is a way to do this. Yeah. But again, not allowing it to be super low because of our own insecurities and, and lack of belief in the possibility. Yeah. So if you're going to do that, you're going to give them that stretch goal. And it doesn't have to be a super stretch, like the million, 4 million versus, you know, 750 or 2 million, I think was our scenario, right? But you're going to give them a stretch goal. Let's just say we're going to go, we're going to do a 50% growth is pretty significant growth. So we do from 500 to 750. What else do you do to help them? Because I mean, it's a year long goal. What do you need to do 
in addition to giving them that goal and encouragement? Well, I think checking in, you know, having those checkpoints um, at maybe quarterly or whatever, just to say, okay, how are we doing? Where are we in our goal? If we did what we just did first quarter, how are we, you know, again, at three times, are we going to hit it? Where are we going to be? Let's look at it realistically. You know, are there external factors that played into our our numbers this year that may be different in the next quarter, sorry, this quarter, that may be different in the next quarters that could impact that number and how, you know, and so I think those checkpoints are really important. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. First of all, the fact that in order to have checkpoints, you have to be measuring. Mm-hmm. That's number one, right? Dave, you're telling everybody to do SMART goals. Just saying, go ahead. Not necessarily. Okay. No, but I'm not saying, just because I don't like smart goals doesn't mean I don't like measuring. I'm a big fan of metrics, right? Metrics are our um, speedometer, so to speak, right? That's that that's the gauge. How do you know how much fuel is left? How do you know how much, uh, how fast you're going? How do you know especially how far you're going? Yeah, especially in today's world when we're not necessarily all in the office together. We need to have that stuff to measure so that we all know we're doing our jobs. Yeah. I mean, I've got a client um, that was last year, had one of their worst sales years ever. And, you know, we kept talking about sales and sales and sales. And, and there were some struggles there in the construction business. And, you know, as we know, the material cost and the supply side and a lot of factors went into that. There's, this year is starting out on fire. And, you know, a lot of it is all the hard work they put in last year. It, you know, it's starting to ripen and, and come fruition. But at the end of the first quarter, as we're approaching, yeah, it was March. And I look at the numbers for them and I'm like, folks, here's what you need to hit your all-time March record, your best March in your history, right? And if we didn't have those numbers, we wouldn't have known that. And yet they started picking up the phone and they broke their March all-time record, which by the way, has them now on track for this year to beat their all-time sales record. Okay, now it's it's two-thirds of the way through May. A lot can happen, um, but we're measuring it every step of the way, and we're doing those intermediate checks. And we're asking ourselves, you know, what's in the pipeline? What do we need to do to make it happen? You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I was in a BNI chapter, uh, business networking. International. Yeah, business networking international chapter, uh, where we went through metrics every single week, and we had one of the top performing chapters. When we know how we're doing and we know what, and when we know what we're doing is working, we're much more likely to keep doing it because we're seeing in the moment that it is making a difference on those numbers. It's like, we're not looking at the full 2 million. We're looking at what we need to do per month or per week to get there. Just like you said with your books, I'm going to write 300 words a day or whatever it was. You know, it's breaking it down. I'm not going to write a book. Don't worry about that. That's the intention. Yes, we'll get there. And this week, all I have to do is write a book. This, I mean, sorry, write a hundred pages. This week, all I have to do is call seven people. You know, it's breaking it down and then measuring it, having those checkpoints and knowing that you're getting there. Yeah. and Or not. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm sure Dr. Meisner is loving that we're talking about BNI because, I mean, they do a fantastic job of that. And, and a lot of what they do that's really great, right? So the chapters are measured on how much what they call business given. So when they give a referral, does it close? And then what was the value of that close in, in dollars? And, and I also, I was in a um, chapter that years in a row was multimillion dollar. I don't remember, multimillion dollar 
business given chapters. And we also, so they have this thing they call their stoplights, which they've come up with. These are the five metrics that we know if people do these on a regular basis, you will have more referrals that are good referrals, not just, you know, leads, but solid referrals that turn into business. I mean, they've been doing this for, I don't know how many decades at this point. Um, and and, you know, they're, they're, they're literally international. Um, and what are your metrics? What are the things you need to do? But I want to bring this back to setting your people's expectations because right now I guarantee there's somebody listening to us who's going, yeah, you just don't know my staff. They're, they're just not that good. If that's the truth, why are they your staff? <laughs> thank you. I knew you'd finish that sentence, right? I mean, if that's the truth, and you really, I, I would invite you to consider looking at your hiring practices, you know, because there's a reason you're hiring those people. My gut tells me it's not them. It's what we said earlier, right? You give them the chance, they'll do better than you think. And they may not be the superstars you hope for, but they're better than you give them credit. Mm. And that's, and I love that, you know, they may not be what you were expecting, but they'll be better than you were expecting. Wait a minute. That didn't come out right. (laughs) They weren't, never mind. You said it really well. That never happened. They may not be the superstars you hope for, but they'll do better than you give them credit for. Gosh, Dave, you're good with those sound bites, yo. Practice makes purpose. Purpose? Purpose. Oh, hey. Well, I'm just over here sounding like a bumbling idiot, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. (laughs) Don't worry, folks. I really am a professional speaker. Uh, Hard to believe sometimes, but yes. I get a lot of credit for being funny. (laughs) Not smart. That's not true. But anyway, no, but I think this is just a really important thing to think about. And I think we've gone off on a couple different paths here. Um, But I think one of the greatest things about conversations like this is just they spark thoughts and they spark people to think about things in a little bit of a different way Um, and, and perhaps challenge themselves to say, okay, am I holding my own team back by not having the bet the highest expectations because of certain factors that maybe are unrelated. Yeah. And what I would submit, we we hint we hinted, we hit, we actually mentioned this outright last week, right? Those factors are in your mirror. Yes. You're not sure what they are. Go find the nearest mirror. Don't worry. It doesn't matter which one you look at. I promise you you'll see what's holding you back. And figure out what that is. And if you need some help with that, let Ann or me know. We'd be we'd, we'd love to help you and guide you. And, 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 you know, because I guarantee just like your team is capable of more than you give them credit for, so are you. You may be too. And when you're the only one looking in the mirror, it could be a challenge to see what they say. You can't see the label from the inside of the jar. Ooh, I like that. I don't know who they are, but they're wise. Mark said it first. I can't remember his last name. Mark, I can't remember his last name. <laughs> he was a really cool guy. It was a long time ago that we had the conversation, but I remember the conversation. Self-awareness is key. And sometimes we need an external perspective to be able to have the self-awareness, see the challenges and move forward in a different way than we would had we not gotten the assistance. Yeah. I mean, that's that's honestly why coaches exist. 
right? It's not so much that we are smarter or um, more knowledgeable. We may, we've, we have a breadth of experience typically because of, of the nature of what we do. We're exposed to more people. Um, but the real value is that we're a step removed and we don't have the filters that you have. And, you know, I know one of the challenges in my life has always been in the past that I go, I'm really self-aware. I know what I'm capable of. And the reality is I frequently didn't know what I was capable of. I was frequently limiting myself. And it's not that I thought I was capable of more than I was. That was never the case. I was always capable. I'm not sure I said that right. So I may not be capable of speaking right now, but um, it wasn't that I thought I could do more than I was. It was typically I thought I could do less than I really was capable of. Exactly. And that's most, most of the time the case with most humans. <laughs> and that outside perspective allows you to be able to see it in a different way. Yeah. And and I'm not talking about like there's those people out there who brag, oh, I can blah, blah, I'm all this and that and the other thing. But we all know when we see them that that's really a false bravado that they're really saying is that I'm not capable and I'm trying to cover up for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm talking about is uh, is not the braggadocio but the right. reality, what voices inside our heads are telling us. Yeah, right. And if we don't examine those things, we never will know. And we just keep doing the same things, getting the same results, which may not be the results we want. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it was a good conversation. What do you think? I think it was pretty great. Tell them your correct quote again. We only hold people accountable. accountable. We think are capable. So when we fail to hold somebody accountable, we're really telling them you're not capable. So hold Which your people. Nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you again for another great episode next week. We'll see you next week. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg, and you can find my website at lockedonleadership.com. And this is Ann Bonnie at yourchangespeaker.com. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them. Mm -hmm.